Candyman, bitch. Hello, you beautiful nerds. I recently watched the sequel to that 90s horror movie, but confusingly has the same name. And wow. This one exceeded my expectations in all the right ways. And I'm very excited to dive into it, because this was one of the best horror flicks or social thrillers I've seen since Invisible Man, or maybe even Get Out. And I'm not just saying that because Jordan Peele co-wrote this. It's just, I mean... What can I say? Nigga makes good movies. So let's get a little high and a little drunk and let's talk about... Don't say that. But first, a prelude. This is my Tony Todd voice. It's it's not very good. In the year of our Lord, 1992, a horror movie was released by the name of Candyman. And the movie's a classic and was a revelatory film in the sense that there's a black guy as the main villain. I don't think they were letting us do that back then. I say back then, but it's like it's 1992. It's not it's not even that long ago. Also, there are a lot of black people in this movie, and not just like random characters, like there are some full three-dimensional characters in this, and that's all always cool but this movie isn't very i mean no bullshit this movie is pretty fucking bad i didn't grow up as a fan of Candyman. i only saw it for the first time in the past five years or so and maybe that had an effect on how i saw the movie but i never really liked it all that much first of all his powers are inconsistent as shit he's like a ghost and can disappear but he can also get stabbed by a piece of wood and get burned to death and shit two is a little boring it kind of has a story structure of a demented rom-com like dude spends the whole movie trying to get this girl to fall in love with him or whatever you don't even kill that many people in this flick it's like he kills that white lady at the beginning he kills that therapist dude kills the white lady's friend he kills that rottweiler but that's it most of the murders this guy did was before the movie even started and those murders are lack of a better word problematic this is where you can tell that Candyman came from the mind of a white person he chooses to haunt to disrupt the lives of blacks in Chicago, really right across the tracks, are essentially the representatives, the sort of, the folks who would have been responsible, their ancestors for his lynching. Which brings me to my third and biggest problem with this movie. This man was lynched by racist white people. Why is he spending his afterlife terrorizing poor black people in the projects? That's weird as fuck. I thought ghosts were all about revenge and shit. Shouldn't he be killing rich and racist white people? Oh, I'm so mad at all these white people who killed me. I'm gonna start mutilating little black boys what i'm not the first person to make this point they mention it briefly in the horror noir doc and prince hood cinema points it out in a hilarious recap bro you a whole ghost you can go anywhere you want but you stayed in the projects and you out there booling this shit too terrorizing people come on man niggas man we gotta do better the movie's just not that good it's pretty much a white savior flick disguised as a black horror movie i rarely say that in public because so many people love this movie so much and no shade to bernard and clive but you can tell this first movie was written by white people apparently the sequels are better but i never really had the patience for that shit 2021's Candyman, however addresses a lot of the issues i had with the original first of all the lead is a black dude so you know no white savior problem. <laughs> the movie follows Anthony, a struggling artist who is desperate for inspiration and hears a story about some crazy white lady in the early 90s fighting a black ghost in a trench coat. After he looks into it, he finds out about the curse of Candyman. You know, the whole if you say it five times in the mirror thing. So he decides to make an art piece inspired by Candyman and the brutality that killed him. After some dumb people decide to say a dude's name and get really, really, really murdered, Anthony's piece ends up on the news and suddenly everybody knows about the 
Legend of Candyman, which is not a good thing. At least not for white people. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. This movie creeped me the fuck out. It had the same unsettling vibe as the first film while still being more jump scary, more gory, and the body horror in this is just... Uh, oh my god. It's a full spectrum horror flick. It does a lot of things right, and I want to take a few minutes to dive into what exactly makes this movie so good to me. First of all, the movie looks incredible. Chicago is one of my favorite cities I've ever been to. It's so complex and beautiful while also having a dark and dingy vibe to it. I can see why they shot so much of Chicago as Gotham in the Dark Knight trilogy. There are a lot of interesting shots that separate it from your run-of-the-mill horror flick. It was kind of reminiscent of Invincible Man. <laughs> I meant Invisible Man. I've been reading too much Invincible. It reminded me of Invisible Man in some ways because there were a lot of moments where I found myself looking into mirrors or corners of the screen to see if there was something lurking in the shadows. Nia DaCosta fucking knocked this one out of the park. I've seen Little Woods, so I knew she was a great director. Like, that movie looked great, but goddamn, did she outdo herself in this one. The cast was impressive as well. Y'all know how much I love Tiana Paris. I mentioned my obsession with her during my Wanda and Fashan review. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. And she's just as great in this. I like how the backstory with her dad not so subtly informed her relationship with Anthony and her brother. By the way, Nathan Stewart Jarrett was the MVP of this movie. Dude steals every scene he's in. He's incredible. Yaya Abdul-Mateen plays the main character and he's always great. I just realized that the three main characters have all been in comic book type stuff. I didn't even twig that until just now. That's so cool. Shoutouts to nigga superheroes, I guess. <laughs> Looks like by the end, Anthony is technically the new Candyman. If we do get a sequel, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a different actor in the main role. Cause like they mentioned in the movie, Candyman isn't just one person. He's a supernatural figure used to represent black trauma and generational PTSD. So it's really several people. Since 2001, a lot of housing projects have been torn down in Chicago, including the Cabrini Green projects. That was a real housing project that really got torn down. And it was a pretty controversial decision. Like, people still talk about that shit. And that's because gentrification is a complex issue that involves a lot of different factors. I'm glad they didn't just straight up say, like, gentrification is bad, because that would be an oversimplification of the situation. I mean, yes, we all know the racial and financial implications of gentrification, but we also have these two successful black people living in this gentrified neighborhood at the start of the movie. Well, one successful black person. Anthony is, that nigga's broke. It's always crazy to me in any neighborhood how close the hood is to the nice neighborhoods and they did a good job of displaying that here in my opinion like i've gotten high in south loop and i've gotten drunk in fuller park they're very close to each other in fact one time i got really drunk in fuller park at 3 a.m and then walked to south loop which is not something i would recommend that's was yeah, don't do that. I loved the change in the Candyman lore. The backstory of the original Candyman stays intact, but DaCosta, Rosenfeld, and Peel made a point to focus on the tragic nature of how this specter even came to be. Throughout the making of the film, the thing that I always came back to was the truth of the pain that was at the center of the story of Candyman. In the real world, we create monsters of men all the time. The phrase, say my name, which is used in the marketing for the film, is also the name of Anthony's piece that's inspired by the tale of Candyman. And this just further pushes the narrative and the themes of police brutality, gentrification, and white apathy that are very present in this film. Which brings me to my final point. Horror movies need more recognition in these awards races. I know what you're thinking. Get out one an Oscar. What are you talking about? But for years, I have seen exceptional horror films get 
get ignored come award show season, and it's starting to get kind of fucking frustrating. I do have to admit that there probably aren't enough great horror flicks every year to justify a best horror category, but can we at least get a best genre film category where we get the best horror movies, sci-fi movies, and fantasy movies? I mean, people have been clamoring for these fucking Marvel movies to get some sort of awards recognition. This would solve that problem. And it's a much better idea than that best popular movie category they were floating around a while back. I mean, there have been so many great horror flicks in the past decade. Movies like It Follows, The Witch, Suspiria, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, Midsommar. Okay, I... I... Okay, all cards on the table, I didn't really like Midsommar. I thought it was boring and confusing and hilarious when it... I don't think it was trying to be. But so was Tree of Life, and that movie was nominated for like three fucking Oscars. I'm just saying, Tree of Life got respected and recognition for its big artistic swing. And I feel like if Midsommar wasn't a genre flick, the Academy would have ate that shit up. I mean, come on, wouldn't it have been cool if in 2008, Sorry to Bother You, Hereditary, Annihilation, A Quiet Place, and Infinity War all got nominated for Oscars? It just feels weird that these films still aren't getting prestigious acknowledgement despite how so socially relevant and high-concept sci-fi and horror have always been. If we look closer, horror films have always been full of social insight, inherently loaded with the subtext of our shared traumas, fears, and unrest. Now, there are going to be some, uh, white people who aren't going to get this movie, or just people who like the original. You guys probably won't like the movie either, which is fair. It's a very different kind of movie. It's one of those good movies. I'm kidding, my fault. That, that, I'm stupid. That, that was me. But in all seriousness, I feel like this movie is a lot more culturally relevant and more importantly, culturally aware than the original. Nia DaCosta and crew set out to accomplish the tough task of retelling the story of a cult classic. And instead of clearing the bar, they managed to raise it. My ranking, I loved it. Before you guys get out, click that like button, subscribe to our channel, click that little bell thing so you can get notifications. Stay safe, my little CGI Tony Todds, and may the force be with you.